of Christmas. Um, there's many traditional traditions that uh, begin here this uh, time of year. Uh, the lights go up, decorations go up, holiday specials come on the air, and also Discovery Channel and History Channel and your friends on Facebook remind us or try to convince us that Christmas uh, is not really a Christian holiday, but uh, it was stolen from the Romans, from the Greeks, from the Druids, anybody else except for Christians, right? Have you heard this? Do you know what I'm talking about, right? People talking about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, You could say that maybe some decorative sort of items uh, have their origin in in the maybe some pagan holidays or celebration. Yeah, that's possible. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the uh, uh, date, 25th, um, you, you oftentimes hear that it came from uh, uh, the Greco-Roman festival of the sun um, and the winter solstice sort of celebrations going on at some point in the Roman Empire. Uh, but a couple of problems with that, there's no smoking gun. You know, there's no real evidence that shows sort of Christmas um, clearly taking over what was the winter solstice. In fact, um, there's really not much evidence of the winter solstice or the celebration of the Sun King being a big deal till after Christmas was had become a popular Christian holiday. Uh, and also, the, the winter solstice is December 21st and not the 25th. So there's really not good evidence uh, for those, those accusations. Um, but, but also, it doesn't really matter, in a sense. Uh, maybe there were other celebrations going on at the time, and as Christianity became popular and people realized who the true God was and who the Son really is, uh, they began to incorporate things that sort of are just general ideas, like everlasting life or hope or uh, you know green as representing Jesus, or, or I should say life. Why not incorporate that into a celebration of life in Christ? You know, but but there is an origin to Christmas. And it's not uh, in the Roman Empire, and it, it didn't begin even in the 4th century. By the way, Christmas, that is the birth of Jesus, is a real event that began when Jesus was born. The celebration of, of Christmas is something that came, became sort of a bigger deal over the years in the Christian church by the 4th century. But the origins of Christmas do go way back. You bet they do. And they, they go back before Jesus' actual birth, they go all the way back to the beginning. And, they, and, and, and Christmas begins with a promise in the Garden of Eden. After God made Adam and Eve the first man, you know, we know the story. Um, he puts them in this beautiful garden and uh, gives them everything. You know, every day was Christmas. Uh, the trees, the garden was fruitful. Everything worked perfectly. And as we know, um, Adam sins. Adam and Eve stole from God. And when they stole from God, separation that always follows a trespass, a sin, came into the world. If you remember, after they ate from the apple, 
the fruit, the first thing that they did was they made clothes. Because no longer can they trust one another. No longer can Adam trust what Eve is cooking in the kitchen and serves him on a plate, right? Uh, no longer can Eve trust that Adam is going to be the man of the house and take leadership. Um, they, they don't know what the other is up to. Um, from that point on, sin enters the world. They become separated. They clothe themselves because they no longer are comfortable naked together. That's what sin does. It divides and it creates loneliness. And of course, not only did it separate each one from each other, and we know what that feels like, right? But also they ran away and hid. They separated themselves from God. They no longer have that perfect relationship. And that's what happens when you steal from somebody. You cause distrust. Shame takes over your head, your perception, your assumption of what the other might be thinking. You don't know. Loneliness, loneliness, even as two people living together, they are alone now. And loneliness, even as God is everywhere, they no longer know him and they're scared of him. And then the first beautiful Christmas words occur. As they are running, God does not let them run away and live with their shame and their guilt. And he could have and he should have maybe. But instead... He can't help himself, one might say, because God is love. God sought after them, went looking for them, and he says, where are you? And those words, maybe those words are the most beautiful thing that Adam and Eve could ever imagine hearing their creator, not silently uh, allowing them to die, but speaking to them. Even if it might have been a little scary, <laughs> as they know that he knows what they have done, where they are. Where are you? That's the story of the Bible. The Bible begins this story, this Christmas story of God looking for people, running and hiding, separated, scared and ashamed. And he doesn't let anyone stay in that condition. But through the church, he finds them. That's why you're here. He has said, where are you? And he found you and brought you back. That's the very center of Christianity. It's the very center of what Christmas is all about. And so look what he does there. He, he takes Adam and Eve and he brings them before him. And he goes to Adam and says, what have you done? You know, And the separation continues, right? Because what does Adam do? He blames Eve. He throws her under the bus. He separates, see? Because he can't handle being found guilty. There's no way. My goodness, he's going to die. And so he pushes everybody out you know, he'll kill his most beloved. I mean, it was just moments ago that he said, when he saw Eve for the first time, he said, bone of my bones, right? He was so happy to see her. And now he says, I, this woman you gave me, he calls her woman. And he blames God, the woman you gave me. He goes to Eve, same thing. And Eve blames the snake and they blame, and they push and they separate. And our Lord listens to the excuses to the rationalization, to the self-justification of their behavior. And we're good at that, aren't we? And then he says something amazing. He, he says the first Christmas words, maybe, the very beginning of Christmas is, is in these words. He looks at the snake. It begins with the snake and the punishment of the snake. And he says, because you've done this, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, he, masculine singular, 
will crush your offspring's head and you will bruise his heel. A man, a son of Eve, is going to come at some point, God is saying, and he's going to crush Satan. That's the very essence of Christmas. A son of Eve is going to come and crush Christmas. So when did Christmas begin? It, it began right here in the Garden of Eden, in the promise amidst the punishments, a punishment that things would be okay, that God would have avenge on sin and evil, and that he would bring broken and fallen humanity back to himself. And that's what Christmas is, even greater than what Eve imagined. You know, when Eve had her first kid, her first, first kid's Cain, right? And of course, we know what Cain does. He murders but when Eve had the first child, she, he, she actually says something kind of funny. She says, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. But there are some possible translations of that Hebrew that indicate that maybe Eve was thinking this was the one that God said would come, a son of hers, an offspring that will crush that devil's head. And with that, bring humanity back into the garden and take the, the sin away from the world, etc., and it wasn't. But, but, a man did come. In a greater way, Eve would ever imagined a man born to the virgin, to Mary, a man who is also God, came and took upon our humanity. Truly. I mean, Jesus did not just simply come, did not just come to die and take our punishment, which he did. But Christ came to perfect man in himself, to perfect our flesh, to put into our DNA, into our gene pool, a perfect gene pool. Christ Jesus is born sinless, taking our flesh and perfects it with every good work that he did and every obedient act to his father he did. As I've said before, it is as if Jesus becomes us and in the great test of life gets an A as he obeys God, as he does not sin against others, but instead loves them, he gets an A as be, being a human being, right? We get an E. But as Luther says, a glorious exchange occurs. On the cross, Jesus takes upon our failures and sins. In baptism, he gives us his righteous works. He makes us righteous. That's what Paul means when he says, in Christ. When you're in Christ, he's in you, in him. We are righteous. We are perfected. We not only are sinless in Jesus, covered by the blood of Christ, but we are new beings who will rise again just as Jesus did where he goes, we will go. It's as if Christ on the cross with all the strength he had, as his arms are stretched out, literally brought back a separated world and back into himself. Paul says that through Christ, all things were created and all things are returning to Jesus. And that he did mightily, dying for us and rising again. Why? To bring you back into the family of God. So what's the origins of Christmas? It's in Genesis. 
as the first day of, of uh, humanity and the first day of the fall. The origins of Christmas are in the mistake of Adam and Eve in that very terrible failure that we repeat over and over in our lives is the promise that the Messiah would come to make everything right. And in Christ, he has praise God. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.